Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path Podcast Actual Play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Yeah. Now with special guest Falto. Now back in Wati again, back where it all started. Except we've added a pyramid because we're cool like that. Sure. I guess if you want to <laughs> say it's cool. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool if it hadn't destroyed half the city, you know. Really, back in the Tooth and Hookah, which is really getting back to where it all started since that was from back in episode one of the yep. Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. It's weird. True. 161 episodes ago. Weird. It seems so long. Because it was so long. I know, it really was. <laughs> However many hundreds of hours ago that was. Uh, I'm going to let somebody else do that, Matt. Yeah. And keep in mind, it was longer for us because we had to sit through the unedited version. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Had to sit through all the other voices that Jordan tried before settling on Sudi's. <laughs> That's not true. That was pretty much the first one that you went with. No, it was all the ones for like the years we played together before that were super annoying. They got me to being less annoying on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yes, less. I mean, it's Masika's first time at the Tooth and Hookah, so. It is true. Back in another big city for Masika. At the very least, you got to go to uh, Sothis first, so comparatively, it doesn't feel like a big city. Yeah. Been to like Tefu and Thuvia and some That's other true. places with her father. It's not like she's never been to a city before. Yeah, the Golden Oasis and Thuvia is also huge. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we are back once again with the continued exploits of the doorkeepers. When last we had left our heroes, they dropped a pyramid on Wati. We had not do that. Okay, <laughs> we did not intentionally drop it. It was an accident. I tried to stop the pyramid from falling. Very unsuccessfully. It was very clear that we had no chance of stopping it, though. Well, you did. Yeah. You just had to. Uh, it's funny because it an episode that I edited before where Jessica had a throwaway line of the next time I want to go and search a room and you guys tell me we don't have time for it. We're going to search that room and do that thing because we don't know whether or not we'll have time for it later. I think <laughs> so we should have actually spent time fiddling with that stupid thing. And then oh, conversely, though, it was actually Jessica in the episode that said, yeah, guys, I only have like seven minutes on my mirror image. So let's move <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't regret that because that mirror image saved my behind. Yeah, it's it true. really did. True, true. But for all you know, that first level spell costs the city. Uh, actually, mirror image. Second, level, second level Second spell. level. Second level spell costs the city. Uh, a whole bunch of empty buildings. Okay, but property damage is whatever, as long as like people weren't getting killed. It's yeah. true. As of yet, we you're unaware of any people being crushed by a pyramid. Yeah, so it all it all worked out fine. <laughs> so I get to bring out uh, the old map of Wati. I haven't gotten to use that. Oh in a my long gosh! Time. Been so oh, long. and now there's a pyramid. I added a pyramid. Oh my god, you added a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my! You know, honestly, that pyramid, I thought that pyramid was a lot bigger. It, it, Wati is bigger than I thought, I guess. That pyramid is uh, 750 feet across. Yeah. Wow. Oof. It missed the spire by not very much. Uh, yeah, no, it it's like practically touching most it. Of the town. It missed yeah. the, uh, the spire by 52.7 feet, according <laughs> to my measurement device on roll 20. As long as it didn't get our, like, our dark friends. The Dark Stalkers? The Dark Stalkers. I would have been very sad if anything happened to them. They're, yeah, they're they're over. Like, yeah, I was like, they're up on the off. hill. So, yeah, again, it just barely missed the uh, the House of Pantheru. That, that would <laughs> yeah, have been interesting been for the fated, my Fated Tales character, though, if a pyramid landed on her people and killed them all. But, you know. <laughs> oh, there we go. We've got a nice wrap-up for the Fated Tales. Is, and then they had a pyramid dropped on them. <laughs> then they had a pyramid. The end. <laughs> 
You ever get the feeling like you're a side character in someone else's adventure? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the uh, the pyramid fell out of the sky. I'm just going to point out that Citra probably has a serious fear of heights <laughs> now. Oh, 100%. Like, you can see yourself falling, if that matters. This might not be the best campaign for a fear of heights. Well, I mean, she's going to do end. what she needs to do, but I can guarantee you after this is all said and done, Citra's feet will be firmly planted on the ground. Like, you're never even going on the sea ever again. It's like, I will stay in the Water sand forever. Water is one thing, but... Like, floating I'm in telling the you, the two things better. I fear as a, as, a, as a player of dying of is drowning and falling. It's of true. which neither things have actually happened to you. I've almost drowned before. You almost drowned once. and you've fallen, but you haven't died from either. Jordan's like, the serious fears that I have are the things that I've witnessed kill Jessica's characters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, dang. Although I don't think I've died from falling. I've gotten very close you to dying from falling. Fell technically, you fell into bridge. water. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, fair. So, uh, yeah, you then uh, search the rest of the structure, determined that uh, you it's may broken. have been able to figure out a way. It's broken. Uh, in essence, the magic is broken from it. And it, uh, at one point, was connected to a far distant location. Uh, in essence, from what you can tell, the magical devices device inside of this pyramid was almost more of a receptacle for a magical device elsewhere uh, that was actually generating the power. So kind of like plugging a plug into an outlet, technically the power plant is someplace else. You're just tapping into the, the energy source. Which means there's a lot of power coming out of this base station. If we go into another one of these, we need to just find the <laughs> warp room and mess with it and then, you know, lower yep. it gently. Are you saying we need to do a boarding action to get to the warp reactor and set it to critical? <laughs> yes, basically. What will mix the matter antimatter containment and breach it? Yeah. Somebody go yeah. find Jordy. We need help. <laughs> <laughs> Send Bishop. Bishop will do it. Anyway, the party then managed to uh, to escape the ruins of this after a couple of dimension doors from Hollis went and retrieved uh, the group at yep. the very least Citra and Masika who had stayed behind. Masika and her nonchalance about Citra uh, possibly being dead. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to come off that way. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to come off that way. I was just like, eh, Citra's fine. <laughs> like nothing will kill Citra. She's been here but, since episode one. It's the problem with the meta knowledge of like, I know Rick didn't say that character's dead, so eh, they're fine. Rick's not going to kill anybody. It's going to be a real pain to introduce a new character in book five. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're back in a city at least. <laughs> we are at least back in a city where there's, it's not like, and then you find somebody buried in the sand. Falto's like, I got to go, uh, I got to go take care of this whole issue and all the rest of this, but here's my sister Falta. Uh, oh she God. can help you. <laughs> no. Uh, however, you did escape from there, uh, return back to the Tooth and Hookah, wherein you had met with the swashbuckling former Pathfinder, Falto, who had uh, informed you that he had a story for you. Yeah, which we are <laughs> eagerly waiting to hear. <laughs> which is uh, where we had left things off. No, it's story time. Everybody gather on the carpet. <laughs> I just always imagined the inside of the Tooth and Hookah looks like the uh, like the bar setting from the Mummy movie. Mm, That's yeah. always what I picture. So there's like some pillows and stuff around. There's, there's like, like a, a hookah thing over here. Soon. There's a sh fountain in the center that some drunk guy keeps walking through. You know, it's like that's just what I picture. The fountains where they keep the little crocodile friend. Exactly. 
like nips at people's ankles as they walk by. I mean, there is official art of Toothy. There's official art of Toothy? Toothy, the crocodile for the tooth and hookah. Now I'm just imagining Sudi going over to Masika and being like, welcome to the tooth and hookah. You have to meet Toothy. Come here, follow me. <laughs> he like drags her over. <laughs> That's Toothy. It's like this tiny little crocodile. Uh, Everybody loves Gotta Toothy. keep Narmer away from Toothy. Oh, <laughs> Stinger Jr. <laughs> oh, I'm imagining yes. Toothy's also probably trying to nom him and he's just like, ah, no. No. <laughs> So, yeah, you find yourselves in the the dusty parlor of the Tooth and Hookah. The various tables set about surrounded by the piles of pillows of which the people here occupy. Many of them talking animatedly or nervously or fearfully amongst themselves, considering the very, very recent event of a pyramid being dropped about a quarter mile away from them. So, the... Again, the bartender nods to you as you enter, flashes all of you a smile. Balto turns to greet all of you. I believe he and, uh, and Citra had a uh, little romantic reunion part. Yes. She launches himself. He twirls her around. Yeah. Hollis just pulls her hat thing. down like gross. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Sudi has reminded he needs to go see a trees. Yep. Um, Have you been keeping in contact with her at all? Every time I try to say that I want to send a message or a letter or something, like it, we just never do anything with that. <laughs> Secretly, he's been, like, practicing his writing in the background through all this, and every time we've stopped somewhere where we can, he drops it in the mail. Except that there's no mail service in Osirian, but Sudi doesn't know that. So well, you could like, send huh. a courier or something. Like, I'm I sure there's, like, somebody to send messages. Messages were sent back in the day. <laughs> Not really from the parched dunes. Yeah, that was kind of the, eh. Yeah. yeah. But Falto sets the back down. You know, smiles over her head towards all the rest of you. Oh, I'm glad to see you're all in one piece. I'm assuming uh, the rumbling, earth-shaking cloud of dust. The pyramid falling out of the sky. No, no, that had nothing to do with us at all, Masika says as she walks towards the bar. Oh, that, that's actually pretty surprising. I just kind of assumed. Hollis, <laughs> <laughs> like, looked and it's just like, yes. oh, man. He doesn't Balto. get sarcasm in our language, okay? It's it's the language barrier. Ah. You don't have to worry about Tim. Falto is totally cool and knows way too much about this group. I was just it, joking. So, no, okay. In my general experience, especially if you're ever in Taldor, interesting thing is they have an understanding that you include a wink with all sarcasm. <laughs> it's like a cultural norm. It must be real easy to be a spy in Taldor. You just don't wink and be sarcastic a lot. Probably. Uh. To be fair, they also assume everyone's a spy, so who knows? Maybe everyone is winking all of the time. Daldor sounds like a very mistrustful place, then. Yeah. Sounds like Tefu. Yeah. Uh, I can get us a table, if you'd like. Yes, that, a drink, and something to eat, and possibly some bandages. Oh, some of them little figs they got around here, or dates. What is it they served? It had cheese? I don't know, it was good. Oh, I wasn't with y'all here. Mm -hmm. A toast and date jam, which is pretty good. Masika orders the most alcoholic drink on the menu after today. <laughs> I assume all of you grab a table, settle in around it. Falto settles in uh, with the rest of you. Citra gets bandaged up, or you know, Masika does her best to bandage her up. I think Masika is hill. Yeah. Also the literal hill spell, but also the skill hill. Mm. City also looks a little rough. 
I mean, I'm not going to channel in the middle of the bar. (laughs) (laughs) One guy's off to the side. He's like, man, my leg has been like sore this entire week ever since I had to unload that one boat and step in and off. Oh, wow. That feels way better. (laughs) (laughs) A number of skewers are brought over to you, a variety of uh, of breadstuffs, and I suppose all of you settle down for a quick lunch at this point because you've had a very eventful morning. Yeah, Citra's over there just like munching on like some flatbread or something. <laughs> like legitimately breakfast this morning was in Sothis. <laughs> We're all just tired and eating. Yep. <laughs> it's like the shawarma scene. You know? Yes, yeah. yes <laughs> exactly. exactly. With Chris Evans here. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Falto putting his hand up so that he hides the fact that he has a beard now. <laughs> Go back and watch that scene. I imagine that you catch Falto up on your, your recent exploits since... All of you have separated basically at the beginning of the previous book, uh, where all of you had gone in search of the Sightless Sphinx. We went to the Sightless Sphinx, but we can't tell you anything about it. Yeah. And uh, he had left to go and find the Black Fane. He nods. I imagine if you're catching him up on basically everything, all of you gathered hushed around this table, the smoke from the brazier nearby providing a fairly decent kind of haze that covers the lower portion of this room and most people have already started lighting up their own hookahs so there's a fair amount of smoke floating around in this hazy dusky room i mean how secretive do we need to be does like hollis need to cast her fancy little spell again or are we good just being quiet i mean if you're just being quiet as long as you're not openly talking about oh yeah and the artifact that sudi is wearing on top of his head well, kind of no, thing i'm pretty I imagine sure we you're... avoid that we like code it up yeah for sure so falto nods as you finish the the recap there so um so if I'm following all of this correctly, you need to go to these trenches mm-hmm. and use a magic cannon to shoot a pyramid out of the sky. Don't it sound cool? Sounds cool. <laughs> I mean, probably a simplistic explanation, but yes. Okay. And then once it's out of the sky, you got to go inside of it and stop all of the other flying pyramids from shooting light beams of darkness. I'm going to study the schematics and everything a little bit more, but I'm pretty sure once we bring down the main pyramid, all the others should come down too. It did seem like they were somehow connected and whatnot, like the power source is like a central location. Like killing a summoner. Yeah, the Edelon will go away eventually. (laughs) How many summoners have you killed? Only one. I was thinking more like mushrooms, but okay. Mushrooms? Is there like a big central mushroom? Well, mushrooms are all connected. True, but if you kill one, the others still live. I think that's kind of a thing. Oh, I guess it doesn't quite work like that. I was just thinking of the connection. Maybe it's mm. like a hydra. Hydra's heads grow back. But if you stab a hydra in the heart, I guess Maybe. technically if you stab anything in the heart, everything, it, it dies. So uh, unless it's really... undead. I don't know, man. I think we're, we're this is... Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Narmer nods. Everything he says makes perfect sense. Mm. Masika looks down at Narmer and sighs. He's feeding hummus to a scorpion. <laughs> really, he's just right. coating the scorpion in it. <laughs> he's like, just coating it in hummus. I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah, you're just getting it ready for sugar to eat. <laughs> sugar watches on eagerly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, comparatively, I don't know if my adventure was quite as exciting. Where's everybody else? Azaz and Kilru are, uh, well, they bought their own in room and are off doing couple things, from what I understand. <laughs> Wanted some time to themselves. Uh, whenever we came back, the rest of the. Uh, the caravan basically just dispersed once I'd returned back to Tefu. We'd accomplished our task. So once I got them back home, they went their own ways. So that means you found the Black Fane? I did. Uh, it's 
located pretty much exactly where I expected it to be. It's in the shadow of the uh, the western face of the Pillars of the Sun. It's um, he looks down at the table, kind of drags his finger through the uh, the remains on his plate. There's not really anything left there. Hmm. There aren't people. It's just buildings. Obviously, something terrible happened. We explored the interior, and it looked like, uh, well, from what we gathered, I informed you very briefly of it that Sagira and uh, some companions, maybe of hers, had been there before us. And they hmm. killed the skeletons of... B looks over towards Sudi, the previous guardians. Mm, if they uh, were undead, they need to be put down. Dealt with the other creatures there, but I did have a chance to find some information. What other creatures were there? Uh, it looks like there's some people there. They look to be humans, although uh, pretty much anything of value was taken off of them and then the bodies were left in the temple. Because uh, I guess Sigura doesn't clean up after herself. <laughs> hmm. Did not expect her to leave the city, so that's weird. And there was some sort of uh, snake woman. A snake woman. Snake woman. Yeah. We spent a couple of days. I searched around there. Uh, I found some sigils carved into the walls on the western side of the city and followed those. Pathfinders use um, complex sigils to mark directions for things like safe houses or bolt holes or dead drops. This was an old marking, so I followed it to its conclusion, and he digs around in his pack, pulls out a trio of books. I found these. They're my father's. His journals. Uh, as Pathfinders, we're expected to chronicle pretty much everything that we do. Uh, usually in case the worst happens. But also for when we get back and to spread word and educate the people about our world. I got a lot of the story of what happened there. It um, it seems, judging by this and also the warning that Sagira left for Sudi, that my father and some of his companions traveled to the Black Fane and then something happened. One of them was a, a man of elemental heritage. Apparently he was convinced by some uh, magic rock lady to free her, and then in doing so, freed the thing that the cat folk there were guarding. Well, that seems great. So he freed the shaitan. So what? The rock genie. Rock genie. That's, that's probably an accurate term. Like a big old rock lady tried to come kill Sudi, and there was a big fight. It was pretty dramatic, actually. And she was very, very upset at my family, clan, how do you, group. How do you Not tell sure if a rock's a lady? It's 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 very it, it's magic, and she looked like a lady. And she kind of oh. referred to herself as a lady. It's true. okay. Fair enough. Not that we had much of a conversation while she was attempting well, to beat me into the ground, but yeah. well, she was a rock genie. She wasn't. Well, she kind of was made of rock, but it wasn't like, you know, a rock. Out Living on the... rock. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that makes more sense or less sense, honestly. Narmo holds up the rock that he's put googly eyes on. <laughs> like that. <laughs> yep. Anyway, back in your hole, Rocky. <laughs> so, long story short, um, I guess Sagira had left to go and pursue her father, who seems to be possibly possessed by some sort of uh, incredibly powerful evil. Oh, that, wow. that's why she left the city. My father's records have some uh, some interesting notes in them, and uh, I followed some of his last directions on here. I'd split off from the, the rest of the caravan at that point. Kelru and 
Azaz came with me, but we traveled out into the desert and followed my father's directions. And I found him. You found your father? He's yeah. alive. Well, it's a very long story short. After a couple of weeks of searching, I managed to locate my father with the aid of a pair of pathfinders that have been tracking me down since my theft from the Grand Lodge mm. of my father's previous journals. Between all of us, we managed to find my father and uh, bring him back. Actually, he's staying here. He's upstairs. He points at the ceiling. Oh. We're trying to undo what was done. I can cast a heal spell if he's been driven insane by something. I mean, we could look at him and see. I mean, we've had experiences with a large number of things. Yeah. I don't know a polite way to say this. Falto kind of like looks off for a moment. He is disturbingly sane. Oh, okay. Mm, so mind then. Is he? And it makes me almost a little uncomfortable. Like, I think he should be a little kind of, um, um, what's, what's the term? Unflappable? Yes. Is he possessed by some sort of spirit? Not that I'm aware. Maybe he's gone so insane that he's back to being sane again. Can that happen? I don't know. I mean, regardless, if something magical was done to him, there should be some trace, right? So what did he have to say about all of this? He has been pursuing leads for some time. He established a, um, a base, if you will, in the city of Eto, and has been pursuing leads on Samir, uh, Sigiris' father or so he believes, judging by what little he's managed to piece together. From what I understand, my father, this Samir, and Sehosep, who from what I can gather was Sekir's mother, were the only survivors. Uh, and he said some thief or something that he hired on from Wati to be his guide, but he wasn't sure whether or not he survived. Hmm. He's basically spent the last 20 years pursuing every lead he can pertaining towards Samir and trying to track him down. He'd avoided the society during this time. Was he in wow. bad standing with them? He, he's trying to undo what had happened. The freeing of this thing. He also mentions how the object that he's looking for, a stone, a multi-sided stone, about the size of a person's fist that has an indeterminate number of sides. Yes, Sagira has that. <laughs> yes. Sagira has it because she believes that their mother is inside of it. He, well, that might actually help a little bit. He's looking for it, but apparently beyond just being uh, a powerful prison, it is also an extraordinarily powerful divinatory item. He is concerned that if he finds it, or even enlists the aids of the Pathfinders to do so. Oh, they'll take it. That they would take it. Uh, fortunately, the, the Pathfinders that have met up with me seem to be willing to give the benefit of a doubt, and at the very least, they're more interested in stopping the immediate threat. You said was something was going on and on, didn't With you? With dreams? And screaming? Yes. Well, from what I understand, there's something odd going on in On where people are having strange dreams or nightmares. My father believes it's somehow connected to this, uh, he called him the Black Pharaoh. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that is bad. Very bad. Who's the Black Pharaoh? Where do they have a Pharaoh? Mm. Sooty. Remember Arashkagal, all of that? 
Remember the dog, man? Here's my string board. I pull my string board out. <laughs> I'm like, it's this fella, the dog one, that answered the latest when she was sad or whatever, this one. Oh, Balto, okay. Balto slaps himself on the forehead. String board. That's what I should have brought with me. Yeah, they're very good. They're very handy. Okay, so, bad pharaoh. Falto leans in to, to look over the string board with Hollis. Wait, 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 wait. Something's not adding up. So, you said that Sagira has some kind of prison item. She has the rock, remember? Right. And you mentioned the fact that your father's adventuring party let out some kind of evil. Yes. Was that evil in the rock? Yes. Ah. So, I, it seems like he wants to shove the evil back in the rock. Uh, he thinks that he can contain it because he has a box. Oh, a box? Wait, Sometimes a box to put the stone in? Yes. I'm so confused. This is magic. The magic people, this makes sense? I mean, if you have the right kind of magic box, you can put a thing inside. I, oh. I'm sure it has something to do with, if the rock is a powerful divinatory tool and also a prison, it might be artifact level magic. And then if you contain it in another certain way, it probably contains the magic of the artifact and therefore could act as a prison. I'd have to examine everything. I mean, carefully. your box is probably artifact level magic as well, or else it wouldn't do anything against it. I think the... we're overlooking one of the most important things. Where is Sagira? Oh, I have no idea. I do have a theory on where Sagira probably is. is because gone? from what I understand, she is actually pursuing her father and we're pursuing her father. And all the leads point to On. So I figure once I get to On, I'll just hit up every single tavern. Do you know? Okay. On is very big. Yeah, I passed through it on my way through. I don't think you're going to be able to just hit every bar and tavern and find her that way. What would Caden do? <laughs> hit he every single bar and tavern. WWCCD. What Nethus would do is divine for her. Don't you have a priest of Nethus with you? Can't he just contact her? Doesn't he know her? We are not taking Azaz and Kelberg with us. Why? Why? Because from what I understand, a priest of Nethus would probably not be okay with us taking this super powerful magical artifact thing and destroying it and or burying it forever. Burying it's fine. That's what they do with everything. Well, no, if it's a powerful divinatory item, I mean, they would want to use it. So you and your dad... Or going by yourselves to on. No, we got we got two pathfinders with us. Do they and know magic? What are their skills? One of them knows magic. <laughs> <laughs> I am concerned. I pull Citra aside and I go, Citra, I am concerned your boyfriend might get murdered on account of he is not covering all of his magical bases. This is a very powerful artifact. The, the other one, I have here. no idea what he does. I, I haven't seen anything yet, so... Hollis um, is just like, I'm going to eat this fig. She puts a whole thing in her mouth. I would like to uh, introduce, you know, he's mostly addressing this to Citra, but kind of includes oh. all of you. And it's like, I, I would like to introduce you to my father. Yes, I, I think that would be great. Uh, he was taking a nap upstairs, but, uh, you know, he should probably be up by now if the dropping pyramid didn't wake him up. I, I'm pretty sure it probably did. I think it woke up Tefu and An as well. I'm concerned if it didn't, honestly. <laughs> I so, want to uh, see the box. <laughs> yeah, if, if you all want to join me. Sure. sure. He so stands mainly, up. mainly thinking about what if he just suddenly goes crazy and starts stabbing Citra, you know. He stands what? up, offers a hand uh, stab. Offers a hand down to Citra to help her up. Not that she needs it, but just because he's polite. 
does so for each of the other ladies as well. Hollis and is just like, he's getting to, him, uh, to his feet by himself. Well, he yeah. probably doesn't offer the hand like, "Hey, there, lady." It's probably more of like a "Come on," like offers the hand down, like you we do. We do the we do the forearm crack uh, grasp yeah, there you and go. pull. You know, <laughs> Hollis slides the rest of the like tapas tray into Sugar's familiar satchel so she can have a feast. <laughs> Sugar eating all kinds of weird stuff now. Masika picks an armor up out of the fountain where he's chasing Shakey on the way up. <laughs> Water out. Okay. <laughs> Have fun too. I think he was my friend. <laughs> he kept trying to hug me. I think he was trying to eat you. And then he was trying to roll around with me. <laughs> Dancing. Yep. <laughs> what is his Anyway, see you later. Five. Five. Oh, okay. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have been able to damage him. And your heels, fast heels, went around anyway. Yeah. So. You ascend up the stairs to the second level, uh, past the room where Citroën actually stayed for numerous days. Uh, Citroën and Sudi both on the second floor, overlooking the stable outside, which had been briefly converted to a dog kennel for the dog soldiers. So Sudi got zero sleep because of all the barking dogs. Yep. <laughs> he didn't like that. And then ascend up to the third level, where uh, once Citra had nearly been assassinated by uh, <laughs> Ghost of the Woman that she killed, and. Uh, had had a whole dramatic fight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, is Past he in the... our rooms? Our rooms we were going to rent? Yeah. Yes. Sad. He leads you all upstairs, takes you into the central fountain room. Again, there's uh, four rooms off of a central fount- fountain chamber, kind of a just communal area in the center here. Off towards the right-hand side, the room where, uh, or off towards the left-hand side, the room where Sudi had been staying for a bit, and Falto, when you were previously here, off towards the right-hand side of the rooms where Citroen on Uris had previously stayed. Citra noting that they have replaced the beaded curtain that Falto slashed through on his way to save your life. <laughs> There's a single occupant here. A man stands at the far end of the room, looking out the window that overlooks the street below, watching the people come and go. The dust cloud finally settled from the dropped pyramid, coating everything outside in a thin layer of orangish red. Most of you are probably not entirely positive what you were expecting of this man judged off of the stories that you'd heard up until this point. Falto regaling all of you with mm. the uh, everything that had happened to him. The man turns around. Much like Falto, he is tall. Unbowed seemingly by his age, as the man's probably in his early 60s. His hair and beard have gone to a stark white. His hair well cut, finely trimmed back. His beard immaculately trimmed as well, following along his jawline form to a single point in front of his chin. His eyes are the same piercing blue as Falto's. He wears local clothing, unlike Falto and his uh, his penchant to still include include accents of his Absalonian heritage. This man dresses fully like a native Osiriani. I mean, he's been here long enough. True. You see no armor on the man, although he easily carries it aside a rapier and on the other hip a dirk. Hmm. The man watches all of you curiously before giving a warm smile. Son, you didn't tell me to expect guests. Falto smiles, gestures. Uh, These are the doorkeepers, uh, as I previously informed you, of our adventures. This is Citra, and Hollis, and Masika, and Sudi. It's nice to meet you. I've heard lots of stories. The man steps forward, bows politely at the waist in an Osiriani style with perfect courtesy. Robert Valls, it's a pleasure to meet you. My son tells me a great deal pertaining towards you. That's that's a good thing, right? 
Judging by your accomplishments outside, his estimates of your skills were not overblown. I don't know if that's really a show of skill in that yeah. regard, but... Hey, we could have feel... died, and then that would have just flown to, away. To look on the front side, we did save the city, so that's I, I that's feel positive. like we could have handled that a little bit better, but, you know. My only dig at my son for this is his estimates of your beauty were far underwhelmed. Ooh, we see where he gets his charm from. Yeah. <laughs> Citra is probably blushing quite furiously. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Would you care to join me? I'd recently procured some wine. I find now that I am out of the desert, some of the finer things are a little bit easier to come by. Um, sure, that sounds good. Oh. He leads you all to the side table, pours wine enough for everyone, handing out glasses, sitting on one of the pillows as I imagine you make yourselves comfortable near the fountain. So Falto tells us you are headed to An. It's actually where I was born. Yes, we are. I've heard disturbing things out of An recently. If you don't mind, I only have a passing knowledge of all of you. My son and I have been catching up to the best of our abilities. I've unfortunately missed the last 20 years of his life. Falto just kind of nods, sips his wine. Yeah, I'd kind of like to dig and figure out how, uh, how he's feeling on that. I want to sense motive. This yeah, guy. I kind of want to sense motive on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Which one are you sense motiving? The uh, oh, the dad. The elder or the younger Vols? Oh, definitely, definitely the elder. We're trying to make sure Falto's okay with this guy. We don't know this guy. Yeah, I'm sensing uh, motive on Falto. I get a twenty-eight to sense motive on Dad to see if he seems like he's hiding anything or if he's nice. Uh, I roll a nine for an eighteen on the dad. I rolled a seventeen and got a thirty-four for Falto. Dang. She knows her boy. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Citra, <laughs> with Falta, you can tell that there's a certain degree of the fact that his father wasn't dead. The fact that he wasn't like trapped or mentally mm. controlled or anything. The fact that he could have reached out, could have contacted him at any time during these past 20 years is there and weighing on him. That being said, he seems to have kind of set this aside and you get the feeling, much as Falto seems to so often do, that he's willing to give the man the benefit of a doubt and willing to give him a second chance. This, I can understand where you came coming from, even if I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm going to just assume that you had the best intentions. Yeah, that sounds like him. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't really want to drag your son into dealing with, you know, frickin' Narlathotep and other Lovecraftian, you know, terrors mm -hmm. in the night. <laughs> Fair. Hollis, as far as Robert is concerned, there's a small amount of regret in there. Okay. That is overwhelmed entirely by his unshaking opinion that he did everything absolutely necessary. He does not regret what he did so much as just what he has missed. <laughs> the man sips his wine. I imagine my son has told you a great deal about what we are already dealing with. A bit. Obviously. Hollis, from what I understand, you are an accomplished spellcaster. I would be interested in getting your opinion on some of what I'm dealing with. I am always happy to give my opinion. Masika, I have had the opportunity to meet the Beckon before. I can tell from your tribal markings. They are a skilled and capable people. And obviously the return of the crawling chaos would be... Very bad. Yes. And I suppose, Sudi, you are impacted by this more than perhaps anyone. I probably met your parents before. Hmm. Possibly. Sad to say that I don't know them. Neither do I. And that may be my fault. 
Falto tells me that you were raised by Gerard. I was, here in Wati. He was a good man. He was an amazing warrior, and a devoted priest of Kaelin, and a good mm. friend. He was devout. Maybe too much so, unfortunately. The drink is what took him. Considering what happened to us, I cannot fault him for seeking oblivion in the bottle. But I'm deeply sorry. He bows his head low to you for the pain that I had inadvertently caused you. Sudi will nod back to him. At this point, it's in the past, and all we can do is move on. If what we're dealing with now is any indication, not everything in the past stays in the past. Mm, Although Falto tells me that you are all dealing with a situation equally dangerous, and so I will not attempt to drag you into our own tasks. He is particularly evasive. Falto kind of shuffles his feet some. Good boy. But of course I've worked with the society for years and years. I understand a need-to-know basis for many things, so I do not fault him for that. So you said you needed Hollis's opinion on something? I'm not positive, but I can tell you what I do know. All right. A very brief recap of this. For anyone interested, go back and listen to the uh, Faded Tales to get a general <laughs> recap of this as well. Uh, this will be much shorter than the Viper's story from that. Mm. I arrived in Osirian and came to Wati, seeking the Black Fane, having heard stories of a stone that was in the possession of the guardians there. This is an artifact of untold power. I can tell you what I know of the Shining Trapezohedron. All right. It's an egg-shaped, regularly spherical object, some four inches through, large enough to fit in the palm of a hand. This stone, once exposed, exerts an almost alarming fascination in the viewer. What do you mean by exposed? Once an individual sees it and is no longer contained, he pulls out a small box. Small enough to actually comfortably fit in a person's pocket. Ah, box. And sets this odd seven-sided yellow box on the table. It's the raw box, the real one. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes, just from a way back when. Like, pot with like a <laughs> lid. <laughs> When an individual views the stone, it can exert its power over them. It is a window on all time and space. It traces its histories from the days it was fashioned on dark Yugoth. There's an almost shadow like a cloud passing over the room with the mention of the word Yugoth. It was treasured and placed in its box by the crinoid things of antiquity salvaged from their ruins by the serpent mint of Severa Nagathi, and peered at aeons later by the Aslanti. It crossed the strange lands and stranger seas, and then sank beneath the waves with the fall of Thassalon. From what I gather, an olfin fisher meshed it out in his net and then sold it to merchants from knighted Osirian. An ancient pharaoh built around it a temple with a windowless crypt. Then oh, it slept boy. in the ruins of that evil fane which the priests and the new pharaoh destroyed, till the Delver's spade once more brought it forth to curse mankind. It was then taken to the Black Fane and held by the eyes of Ra, until they too were corrupted by its power. So it is impossible to guard it or keep it hidden away from people forever, as we've seen through the ages. <laughs> Seems like eventually people just give in and they want to probably try to use its divinatory powers for the greater good, not reeling that realizing that they're just opening themselves to, for the corruption of the Black Pharaoh. 
Anyone that wishes to, may go ahead and make me a sense motive. I will. Oh man, I'm rolling okay on this. Um, I roll a 16 for a 29. I roll a nat 1 for a 10. Masika rolls a 13, which gets her a 20. Yeah, I didn't roll well on that one. I got a 3 for a 20. Oh, so much more perceptive. You're probably the only one to note this, but as you all carry on this brief conversation, Falto's father looks off towards the window again. And for the first time since you've met this man, again, he's he is in his early 60s, but he has this vibrancy to him. The man looks tired as his mind seems to go back. You would notice that his hand absently fishes over and takes the box, placing it back in his lap. Oh. So is the box itself magical? Is that how it contains the stone? Yes. He returns looking back towards all of you, the smile returning to his face, as easy as someone placing a mask on. Mm-hmm. The cask of raw. He sets the box down. Can we look at it? Certainly. Hollis will reach over and start to inspect it with, like, detect magic and whatnot. Detecting magic? It radiates overwhelming magic. Ha! Hmm. Artifact. Hollis blinks a bunch of times. <clears throat> Masika, you still got that, um, knockoff legend lore. Uh, no, I have actual <laughs> legend lore, though. Oh, well, I mean, that's what <laughs> I was going to say. She also used, she used that just this morning, might we point out, to find out about that mirror oh, that had all the right. jackal-headed people. <laughs> like, literally just this morning she used that. She could have had to. I don't know. I just wanted to call it knockoff legend lore because it's fun. I can tell you what I know pertaining towards this already. I've gained a great deal of knowledge pertaining towards this already. So I don't know if there's many more legends to be found. This box was infused with the power of the god of gods of the sun. Horse, raw. It was crafted by the pharaohs of old and required so much magical power that it killed the seven priests infusing it. It is a metal box of peculiar asymmetrical form. It has seven sides, although none of the sides are even, and it's covered on each side with bizarre, crudely incised, and wholly unrecognizable hieroglyphs. Weird. So they're not Osiriani? Yeah, or ancient Osiriani? They look like Osiriani, but they are not Osiriani. There's an odd bas-relief on the strange box of yellow metal. The figures are of monstrous and utterly alien kind, depicting seemingly entities which though seemingly alive, resemble nothing any of you have ever seen. Hmm. Looking inside, you can tell that it has a simple interior, with what appear to be numerous places for hooks and a ring. An object placed inside of this ring would not touch the bottom of the box, but would be held suspended by the metal band and the seven queerly designed supports extending horizontally to the angles of the box's interior wall. Other than seeming like it's overwhelmingly powerful magic, it looks like a regular box. Does it glow? No. Hmm. So you put this um, trapper, trapper, the trapper, the thing stone. in. You put this stone inside of the box and close it, and that contains the stone. Yes. But you said something was in the stone. The haunter of the dark. So you think it's what's causing all the problems with the dreams and stuff in on that it's in on. What do any of you know of the crawling chaos? Unless it's local knowledge, Sister doesn't know. She only knows what you guys have told her. Uh, it's planes or religion. They're the same for me. I'll do planes. Okay. That's my thing. Okay, I roll a 14 for a 37. I got a perfect 20 for a 25. Oh. Uh, Masika gets a 32 on religion. 
Uh, all three of you are aware of Norlathotep. You would all note that Robert seems to be purposely avoiding using his name. Mm. Although, like many of you are aware, many deities or many deities or deific beings are actually capable of hearing anything spoken if it includes their name in it. Mm. Which is why many people use things like the Grey Lady for Phrasma or the Rough Beast for Rovagug. Tends to happen a lot more for the evil deities where you don't want them hearing that you're talking about them. Mm. But you are aware that uh, Norlathotep is a manifestation of darkness and evil. He is an outer god, which is actually different than the old ones. They are technically two different groups. Uh, and specifically, he is the child of Azatoth, who is believed to be the prime outer god. Mm. Uh, he is also his messenger and herald. Out of all of the deities, he is one of the few that actually, as far as the outer gods are concerned, he's one of the few that takes an active role in things. As in, like, interceding directly. Always bringing good news. He has a ton of names. As in, he is referred to as the Crawling Chaos, Atu, the God of a Thousand Forms, the Black Man, the Black Pharaoh, the Black Wind, the Bloated Woman, the Crawling Mist, the Dark Demon, the Black Demon, the Dark One, the Dweller in Darkness, the Faceless God, the Floating Horror, the Haunter of the Dark, the Face Eater, the Father of All Bats, the Dark Wing, the Sand Bat, the Howler in the Dark, the God of Bloody Tongue, so on and so on and so forth. From what you understand, he has 1,000 forms. Hmm. Each one of those forms has a separate name. Fun. I mean, we know quite a bit about him. Well, I do anyway. I figure Citra just kind of like leans over to Hollis and is like, is this the same stuff you told me before? Mm-hmm. You can see mm. my, here, I hand you my string board. Falto <laughs> also nods. It, it, from what I understand, he's a pretty bad guy. He's very bad. Remember the black man who came and then, you know, she had she had a Reshkigal and... The, the 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 scorpion lady whose name I can't remember right now. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing from uh, Tedashura. Yeah. The whole thing Tedashura told us. Mm-hmm. The crawling chaos is the enemy of all that is light. He, it more accurately, goes by many names and has a thousand forms. One of them is the Haunter of the Dark. All of these are his name, but not all of them are him. Now I'm confused. What do you mean? He walks in the guise of a human being, but he has a thousand other forms and manifestations. Too horrific and sanity blasting to look upon. He is capable of being in multiple places at once by making manifestations of himself. They are him, much the same way as your finger is you, but as an extension of his power. So it's not his full power, because fighting his full power, I mean, you'd be dead. From what I understand, the crawling chaos resides in the outer spheres. Mm-hmm. He looks up towards the sky for a moment, attending the throne of his his master. The crawling chaos, the haunter of the dark, the father of all bats, the face eater, they are all just manifestations of his power. The dark sort man of, of the like woods. Heralds? Sort of, except for he has a thousand of them, and they are extensions of himself. They are not separate personalities. They are him. Just in a lesser form. So the box does not contain... Well, the stone that goes in the box does not contain all of the Black Pharaoh. It's just... The Haunter in the Dark, which is... One of the manifestations. When it was working. Yes. So so your plan is to go to On, which it seems to be where all the sources of this are pointing to. Mm-hmm. Find the stone, which this woman named Sagira has and recapture the haunter in the dark, an aspect of the black Pharaoh and shove it back in this box 
which has the power to contain it and then hide it somewhere. Put the box in a hole. When Samir broke into the Black Fane, he went to the heart of it to remove the stone, believing that that would free the shaitan that was charged with guarding it, which was true. He sips his wine, looks off towards the window again. When I confronted him and we fought, we knocked over the box. He caught it. And in that moment, when he closed his hand around it, it was removed from light. The Haunter of the Dark is an avatar of the Crawling Chaos, Which who is an antique and shadowy Osirian took the form of a man. There are references to a Haunter of the Dark awakened by gazing into the Shining Trapezohedron. That's what I originally was pursuing, the Shining Trapezohedron and conjectures about the black gulfs of chaos from which it was called. The being is spoken of as holding all knowledge because it is extension of the crawling chaos, the black pharaoh. It also demands monstrous sacrifices, which was the trap that everyone that has ever used it falls into. It can provide you the answers to anything, lets you see anywhere, anytime, but it requires more and more sacrifice each time it is used. The Haunter of the Dark is tied to the stone. It cannot cross the universe of light. It can be banished by any powerful light and is weakened by any light at all. And so, to traverse the stars, it's sent through the horrible abysses of radiance in this rock. It's not a prison created by man. It's a vessel created by the God of Darkness to allow his servant to travel. In starlight, it is weakened. In moonlight, it is weakened further. By sunlight, it is banished back to the stone. When Samir grabbed the stone, and when he closed his fist around it, it was enough darkness for the creature to explode outwards. It destroyed the structure that we were in, summoned a sandstorm that nearly destroyed the entire village. And then, when it was done with its blasts of destruction, it entered the darkest place it could find, Samir, and inhabited his form. And now it has traveled for years, gaining more and more power. I imagine more and more power over Samir. There may be nothing of the man I once knew left. If Samir is stopped, if Samir is killed, then it will exit him to find a new host. But if the stone is nearby and you blast it with light... It must return to its vessel, at which point it can be returned back to the box, which once the stone is placed inside will inundate it with the strength of suns. Enough to keep it at bay. But, and you want to find a place to keep the box? Yes. Eventually. I may be able to find some other alternatives in the meantime. Like what? I want to sense motive on this guy because... Yeah, same. That statement was a little shady. Yeah. Well, Citra rolled ah. a 15 for a 32. I rolled a 19 for a 20, or for a 32 too. There 32 buddies. You get the impression that there is a level of fear there beyond just the idea of confronting this haunter of the dark <laughs> and a certain degree of uncertainty. But at the same time, this almost resignation, a debate over where to hide it is somewhat moot at this point. I'm not entirely positive that we'll be able to kill Samir or convince him to force the creature out of him, let alone be able to banish it once we do. But regardless, if we can expose it to enough light, it may be weak enough to drive back into the stone. It's the best that we can hope for. At which point I will give it to my son. Uh, why? Um, for, for what purpose? Well, I mean, I am an accomplished and uh, well-traveled warrior. 
And also I could find a place to hide it. Hollis just blinks and looks at Citra and then blinks and it's like... Robert holds up a hand. I need Foltu to find a place to keep it safe from me. Hmm. Why uh, from you? He's obsessed with it. I looked in it when Samir and I were fighting. Just a glance. And in it I saw that old look returns. Wonders and horrors beyond counting. And you're afraid you'll use it if you have it. You don't understand until you see it. Uh, quick question. Didn't we look into it? But it's not, not when active. It was, yeah, not, not when, when it was active. active. Okay, okay. You, you I was like, because we totally, like, we're messing with yeah. it stuff. You looked into the black trapezohedron. He's talking about the shining trapezohedron, which is what it is, what it's containing. Okay. In essence, what it is, is imagine it's a crystal ball, Except for when you look into it, you're looking into the eye of Norlathotep, which can see everywhere in the universe and like time a at once. Yes. Oh, okay. Into my mind floated pictures of alien orbs with great stone towers, other orbs with titan mountains, no marks of life, remoter places where only a stirring of vague blackness told of the presence of consciousness and will. It has haunted my every night since that day. And I will admit that the only thing that keeps me from wishing to gaze into it again is making certain that it is not released. And I cannot guarantee that another 10, 20 years, I would not be tempted to again. I can guarantee you that if provided to anyone, any church, any priest, any keeper, that the next time there's a threat to Assyrian or Absalom or the society, they would immediately turn to its use. I don't disagree with you on that front. Well, I'll go buy some incense and see what I can <laughs> learn about the box. And maybe we can figure out if there's a way we can cast some protections from divination on the box and make those permanent. And then find some place that's out of the way and not a tomb or some other place of legend that people are going to look for. All right, how about under the sea? Under the sea. Hollis has the exact same thought process I did, which was, we'll just take it and just toss it off in the ocean. Yeah, but there's stuff in the what ocean. The you don't throw it into the ocean. You take it to the bottom of the ocean and bury it under a big rock. <laughs> Wait, aren't there, like, things in the ocean? Yeah, yeah. But if you go deep enough, it's just those weird, ugly fish. What? <laughs> and the uh, Golthu. I'm sure yeah, the Aboliths would say, mind maybe, putting this to Mainly Aboliths, so. Well, you don't go to where they live. You go to a different ocean. Just to sum it up real quick, casting legend lore in this box, you are aware that uh, his story does appear to be accurate. It mm -hmm. was created by seven priests. All seven priests dies, that died and their souls are actually infused into the box itself. Okay. It is not sentient, but it does possess their souls of which is providing the radiating light inside. Are the they like of priests time. of like sun gods, like Ra and Horus Ra and, and all that? Yeah. 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 There is an odd thing to this, which is this, and that you can tell that while this is singular, there are probably others in existence. It's almost as if the very concept of the shining trapezohedron inspires others to create a means by which to trap it, of which oh. this is the only means. Almost as if perhaps the shining trapezohedron itself provides them the information for its own entrapment. Interesting. Because you would look into it saying, how do I defeat you and then make the sacrifice and learn potentially how to do so. Yeah, mm. weird. Could we cast further enchantments on the box? 
Like uh, a, it is know. an artifact. So from what no. you gather, no. We could put uh-huh. it in something that we then enchant. Feasibly, an individual who's able to craft magical items could. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, more likely not, it would exact the same toll that it did the first time. Yeah. Which would be the consuming of their souls. Zika's like, oh, I can do this. No, I saw no, Heather looking no, down thanks. at her character sheet going, I have craft wondrous <laughs> And then you realize, nah, not worth it. All right, Wait well, a second, I'm using my soul right now. In, the second box is just a non-detection box or whatever. <laughs> would that work? Could we just find another box and we make it a box of non-detection and throw this, throw the raw box in the other box? What happens I mean, after yeah, that box decays? Well, well, you, you feasibly could. You just might run into the exact same problem where it was before, where, yeah, again, no magic divinations was used to find this the last time. Yep. Yeah, but just at someone. least it's blocked from that. We just need to figure out a good place. Well, Falto will need to figure out a good place to hide Nope, it. we can't yeah. leave this to just Falto. Let's be very honest. This is going to be bad. So the box itself is going to block any divinatory attempts on whatever's inside of it. So we can't. So there's no need to ex- reinforce it. That way, really, you open is the just box gonna... and Rocky's inside of it. <laughs> Narmer. Yep. What? What's Rocky doing in the box? I just wanted to see whether or not he fit. Masika hands Rocky back to Narmer. <laughs> so, really, it does boil down to where you're gonna put it. Hand the box back to Robert. Yep. The first place I was. Robert holds up a hand before his son continues. Thank you, Falto, but. I think keep that to yourself. Nope. Here's my suggestion. Find the rock before you put somebody back in the rock. Find a very high level spellcaster to legend lore the rock. Usually there's a set of instructions that tells you how to destroy artifacts. But if you destroy the rock, it would not be a good place for that guy to hide. But maybe they're connected somehow. And if you destroy one, the other one's destroyed. I doubt that an aspect of a deity is destroyed just because the thing it was created to travel through well, it could space be like and a time summon, from. You know, you summon them, and then if they die here, they go back to their home. You're planet. going by no. the if we if you just bust up Superman's ship that he came to Earth in, you kill Superman. Maybe <laughs> Superman Rob- doesn't get forced back onto his ship. Well, Robert said this thing was created by the Dark Pharaoh just to let it travel past places that have light. It's not a part of the creature. It's just something to house it. Destroying the rock shouldn't do anything to the creature. You would think if it was a ship for him to travel through space that he would be able to control it like a ship. More likely than not, it can. Hmm. Which is why you have to put it in the light box box so it can't just do whatever it wants even when it's in the stone. I don't think destroying the stone is going to do anything to the Haunter in the Dark besides go, okay, now you don't have a place to imprison me and I can do whatever the heck I want. Well, if at the very least you understand the stone, it might give you something helpful to know what the heck to do with it. (laughs) It's also quite possible that the Crawling Chaos simply would take the stone and throw it into space. Time is of no meaning to these creatures. Mm. So even if it took it millions or billions of years, it would eventually reach its destination. If, in fact, it had a destination, we're talking about beings of utter chaos. You know, that's not a bad idea. I mean, it's not exactly great for wherever it lands, but if we threw it somewhere <laughs> that wasn't here. So, see the upcoming Starfinder adventure, uh, <laughs> Darkness and Absalom Station. <laughs> I suppose then uh, the best that we can hope for is to simply take this and then find a place to hide it. Regardless, though, from what I understand, all of you have your own dire quest. Unfortunately, yes, we do, and we are on a uh, bit of a timeline that we need to act quickly. Hmm. 
Do either of you know how to sail a boat? And can give me a crash course real quick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't have the basics down. I have served on a number of galleys in my time and actually sailed a boat when I was traveling through the River Kingdom some, I don't know, three years All back. All right, come on, Falto. We got a magic boat. You need to teach me how to sail. Sure. Uh, I was kind of hoping Citra and I could maybe go to dinner tonight, but I can give you a quick crash course now. Oh, also, uh, he turns back towards the Citra. Dinner? Oh, definitely. Ah, good. <laughs> Masika takes the magic barge and, yeah, I need fault. Somebody needs to know the basics. <laughs> I mean, you could always go down to Bargetown and see if anybody be with. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Don't go down to Bargetown. <laughs> I'm not taking an innocent bystander with us to the slave trenches of Hakatan. It's more like you'll get mugged at Bargetown. Barge <laughs> it's a bit rough. Well, as Falto and Masika set off, Robert stands to his feet, smiles. It was a pleasure meeting you, Miss Nahamra. Nice to meet you, too. My son speaks very highly of you. I'm glad that he does. I'm glad that he turned out as well as he has. Although I wish you weren't here. I would have been much happier if he had not followed in my footsteps. It would have taken one message. My strength waxes and wanes. There are some days where I would do anything to accomplish my task. Sacrifice anything to accomplish my task. To put back what I released. And there are some days where I would give up everything just to look into that stone for one moment more. It was better he thought I was dead. I did not want him caught in my war. But you basically created the self-fulfilling prophecy because you left the mystery of your disappearance. I hope that he had more of his mother in him than me. And if I remember correctly, his mother died when he was very young. He didn't have much influence. Three years after I left. And then he was orphaned. I didn't know. Your obsession got the best of you, it seems. I don't know what will happen when we go looking for the stone, but I will do everything I can to keep my son safe. I do not know if I can be there for him afterwards. I've trusted him because I believe that he is a good man, and I will trust him to find the stone and hide it. But I don't know if I can trust myself to be around him afterwards knowing that he knows. I hope with my son being the one that hides this, it will give me the strength to stay away, as I was willing to stay away from him for all of these years to keep him, I believed, safe. I'm just going to point out that you already lost 20 years, and you're about to lose the rest of it with that decision. He has missed out on so much, you think he's just going to let you walk away again? He would probably track you down again. Perhaps you're right. And that is also a very heavy burden to put on him. I never wanted him involved. Now that he is, I cannot change that. I only ask that however this turns out, that you support him. I know it is young love, and I won't put the burden of expectation upon you, but he will probably need your strength. I hope that you can be there for him when I cannot. Be that because of distance or because... He stares off out the window again. You probably note, maybe for the first time north towards on. Have you spoken to him about any of this? I have not spoken to him directly, but I think he understands what is unsaid between us. Maybe you should say it anyway. Maybe. It's a lot of assumptions to make. I'm just... 
tired. You see the smile falter as he looks out the window again. I'll do what I can, but I do think you should be honest about the whole situation. I will, before the end. The smile returns as he turns back towards you. That same confidence as he hooks his thumbs on his sword belt. It was a pleasure to meet you, Miss Nahamra. I wish you the best of luck in your own quest. She nods and then follows after Hollis. We go somewhere that we can talk about this. Probably need to go rent a room. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, first off, we gotta go find our accommodations for the night. Well, I mean, you can rent the rooms on the second floor of this place. Most of those are open. They're just kind of meh. That's fine. Like We've I been sitting on dirt. Like, we're fine. <laughs> I just wait a minute. Matter. Wait a minute. Don't you have your Mage's Magnificent Summation? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I don't have any seventh level spells left today. Okay, all right. I just had a, I had a reminder. I was like, you picked up that spell. That's one I of my did. favorites. Uh, normal days will do that, but today I was I used my sex, my all my spots. Um, we'll so we're soft. gonna rough it today. Rough it. Rough in it bed. in like a you know a four star instead of five star room. I guess we get a yeah. room, and then Hollis is like, all right, I don't trust that guy. Not that he's not trying to be bad, but he's got that obsession thing that. If it came down to it and he was feeling like he wanted that rock more than he cared about his mission, he might sacrifice his son to get that rock. I was thinking the exact same thing. He feels the type to go stab, stab in his back. Mm. However, there's something different with that because he's aware of the danger that he poses. Mm. Yes, but that doesn't... You saw the way he kind of goes in and out. I don't trust it. I will tell you one thing. I don't think Falto should be hiding that box. That's just adding more time that he won't have with his father. It should be somebody else. So, okay, so here's what we know about Falto's situation. First of all, his dad may... I don't even know if his dad means well, to be real honest with you. But he may mean well, but he could very easily turn the moment he sees that box, or the moment he sees that magic rock again. He's met up with some Pathfinders or whatever. Like, I mean, they're fine. He's looking for this person y'all know. Who has the rock? Sagira. Okay. So is there something like, how do we safeguard Falto without being there? Because, <laughs> I mean, he's kind of, I mean, he is kind of an idiot, but like, we all love him. I was just waiting for Jordan to go. It's like, who's got two thumbs, one eye, and functionally immortal? This guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, you could totally, well, no, then it would just corrupt you eventually. No, exactly. No, no, this needs to be like punted to the sun. Masika's not there, but Falto's not stupid. He just isn't very good with our culture. Yeah, and I do think it's probably a language thing. Like, he doesn't get the nuances. Well, and Hollis so half the time he's speaks just not common and, and Hollis has a 24 strength. Most people are idiots compared to Hollis. So when 24 she says strength. That he's 24 strength? Strength, lol. Intelligence. I didn't realize your muscles were so smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's all her brain muscles. Brain it's all in the brain muscles. That's why she's got the over large head like you see she in the She's got to have the hat to contain it. Because we're all speaking Osiriani all the time because it's what all of us, except for Falto and, well, now Hollis, grew up speaking. So we're much more fluent in it than common, which is a functional trade language down here. True. Well, and you know? also for a while, Sagira and Sudi didn't Did, speak common. True. Yeah, I, yeah, I only learned common at the end of, like, book one, maybe? So, I feel yeah. like we've had this. Hol- he doesn't cast magic. He's not anywhere near as smart as Hollis. So Hollis calling somebody stupid is not necessarily an insult. It's just a fact to her. And she ended with, we love him, and we need to protect him from afar. How do we do that? Yeah. Sin armor? <laughs> Just kidding. No. Just kidding. That's not actually. Would your friend What if uh, I keep the shining stone right next to my shining stone? Narmer's not no. there. He's with me. Oh. <laughs> Maybe we have you also warn Falto somehow. Just to, like, he may not fully 
like he already said he he got a weird vibe, you know, but you tend to pierce veils real well and I don't know not everybody does that so maybe like on your date give him a, a little heads up of you know be careful I'll definitely talk to him and hopefully uh, prepare him for what I think may be the inevitable you tell us about the Sauron <laughs> <laughs> man I'm in a real mood to watch Lord of the Rings again Yep. Hmm. I can tell well regardless the only thing we can provide is information so yeah we have our own Pharaoh to deal with Oh, you know what? We could, if we master the art of floating pyramids, we put it in one of these floating pyramids and we just let it go around the world. Well, that's also assuming that any of the pyramids will survive whatever force we use to bring them out of the sky. I mean, this one didn't. But we've got She's like descended from geniuses and she's pretty smart herself with the engineering. Maybe she can figure out how to make it work again. I mean, maybe. Don't give Masika the stone, though. No. <laughs> like, what if I stuck this stone at a giant clockwork dragon? <laughs> I don't Powered that. by the darkness in men's hearts. The dragon just roars, looks down at all of you. Hey, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Darmor, but a dragon. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, speaking of Masika. Yes. Uh, elsewhere, you and uh, Falto, I imagine, make your way down to the docks, and uh, Falto can give you a quick, like, crash course on here's how you tie like a nut and here's how you control this and you turn the rudder this way so you always want to turn it opposite so if you want to go right you pull it to the left so on and so forth watch out for the boom arm because once that comes around it'll smack in the head it did me like eight times that explains (laughs) a lot that explains a lot you guys are always so uh, mean to falto (laughs) hey i was defending falto thank you very much he also makes us a point to stop by the shops with you so that you can help him like find a, a really nice scarf Mm. I have to be 18th level to make a clockwork dragon, by the way. Uh, So there's a chance is what I'm hearing. No, I I don't need a clockwork scarf, just a regular scarf. (laughs) Like the keep keep sand out of your mouth type of scarf. (laughs) I'm thinking blue. Do you think she's more blue or does she seem more of a summer or an autumn to you? I think think she'd like the blue. There's a good thing Sudi's not here because Sudi would just be like, what are you even talking about? (laughs) Seasons, what? (laughs) Sudi still needs to go see his dang girlfriend. Tell your girlfriend. Hey, when am I going to get a chance to do this, man? Right now. I'm doing it right do now. It while y'all now. Are doing it. I'm doing it we right just... now while you're doing things. Okay, yeah. Sudi can go and see his girlfriend. Hollis and, Cit- and Citra kick you out of the suite. We're just like, just go. You're like, I really need to go see. Then go. <laughs> oh, I assumed that Su- well, as soon as they went to their sailing lesson, Sudi's like, peace all. I'm going to see my girlfriend. I actually assumed that also until you started adding into the conversation yeah. when they're in another I room. I can't help I was like, it. I thought, I thought Jordan left. You left me all, we looked it. at you after we finished our agreement about Falto, and we're like, why are you here? <laughs> I, I like to be a part of the conversation at all times. I'm so used yeah, to traveling with you all You don't need to be to part be of this conversation. You should be having a conversation with your girlfriend. Go! Unless you like to be single, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Again, assuming Sudi even has a girlfriend anymore, who knows? She sure. may have broken up with you in a letter you never got. <laughs> oh. She sent it to Tefu and I just never got it because I left. It was like the day I left. Oh, Ouch. now it's sad. I mean, are you ever going to tell her about the whole, hey, I'm going to be immortal soon, by the way? And it's That was to kind of my thought was like, uh, cards on the table. Why don't you start uh, training to be a living mon- monolith with me? <laughs> do, you wanna, do you want a living monolith with me? You want to live forever? Uh, so anyway, I suppose uh, Masika Falto do a quick, uh, here's a boating lesson. Yes, I need excuses to put ranks in uh, sailing so I can actually make the barges. 
<laughs> buy uh, Citra a new scarf. I'll just probably spend some time kind of contemplating the mysteries of the universe and buy some more string and all the rest of that. Well, I get a new familiar satchel for, for sugar. I get that all fixed up. Now I have two satchels. <laughs> Very well. Double satchel power. Yeah, Sudi, uh, Idris has not found a new boyfriend. In the, the interim, <laughs> so there is that at the very least. She would be very happy to see you throwing herself on you, as would all of the assorted ladies of the uh, the Temple of Bass, not as eagerly throwing themselves upon you, but rushing out to uh, to greet you when you show up, uh, as well Sweet. as your favorite, like, nine cats. Even sweeter. You should probably ask me, like, hey, anyone seen Segura lately? Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to be like, so what the heck happened to Segura? Y'all were supposed to be watching her. What happened? No, she took off and did stuff before... You had even left the city, so they hadn't seen her. You were the last one to see her, not them. And they haven't There's seen her like since then. There's just like one of those anime things where it zooms out and the whole building is shaking. And so he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. So soon. But have a uh, a whole romantic evening with Idris. Uh, uh, probably with some awkward conversations about like, yeah, so I'm kind of like going to re-kill a pharaoh? Like, let me just tell you some stuff. Some queen starts playing in the background. <laughs> to, to live forever. forever. Anyway, who dares to dream forever? When love must die. Oh, I forget how sad that song is. It is a sad. It's a sad I mean, movie. It's, it's a sad movie too. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie, by the way. Fight me on it. What love Bohemian Highlander. Rhapsody? I think most people are under the impression Highlander is a good movie. Oh, Highlander. Yeah. You didn't know that's what it was from. You said Queen. Even I knew Queen did the entire soundtrack for the Highlander movie. Yes, in the, even in the I future, knew you were the future that. that was like 1995 or whatever it was, Queen is the only <laughs> band in existence because it is the only thing listened to by anyone in that entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So anyway, weird. Okay. In the future that could have been. Pour one out for Freddie Mercury. Man, now I want to go watch yeah. Highlander. But yeah, you do have the opportunity to have a uh, a romantic evening hanging out with the Dries. And again, so does uh, Citra and Falto have a romantic. I imagine you guys are probably like on either side of the same restaurant where it's just like, oh, they're over there. Should we should we wave them down? No. <laughs> <laughs> In both cases where it's like, no, we'll have our own separate dinners. <laughs> Am I the only one that's ever been in that situation where you see someone you know and you're just like. And then you're like, please, please let them not notice me. I really like this person, but I don't really want to have dinner with them right now. <laughs> yes, I live yeah, Usually, you just yeah. wave and say hi and keep uh-huh. walking. Yeah, yep. 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 that's the way. But it has happened before where you you don't want to combine, and then you end up combining, and then it's yeah. a super awkward dinner. And that's it's like luckily uh, never happened to me. I think it's happened to me like once or twice, and it was yeah. Not I, I don't recommend that. That's super awkward. All of you enjoy your evening. Rest up for the night in your crappy in room. Uh, everyone needs to mark off five silver pieces. Meh. Welcome to high level play where you're just like, also, yeah, I mean, welcome you to high level play where I just looked down. And I was like, I've got 2,300 gold in my pocket. <laughs> I've got enough for dinner for the next 10 years. I could retire right place. now and be rich the rest of my days. You rest up, awaken the following morning. Imagine How pack up, we, uh, prepare your doing gear. on diamond dust in the med kit, Rach? Masika stocked up on her other material components like incense and things like that. But We have 850 gold worth of diamond dust. I think that's enough for now. You will make your way down to the dock. Hollis, I'm sure, taking out the cool folding boat and speaking the command word as it turns into an actual boat boat and boat. flops down in the water, much to the shouts of surprise from the various other sailors and everything making their way down there. Like, what That's the heck That's going to be the talk this? of the tavern this evening, by the way. It's like, you will not believe this. <laughs> <laughs> out of thin air, they conjured it. All right, so Falto gave me a good crash course. I think I know how to do this. Okay. That doesn't invoke a lot of confidence. Uh, Falto has joined you down on the dock, so... <laughs> She'll be fine. Balto, be careful with your 
evil rock. And you be careful with your evil pharaoh and <laughs> evil headdress. Oh, wait, sorry. And evil headdress. I feel better about our situation. Masika pats Falto on the shoulder and jumps on the magic boat. And you take care of her, Narmer. Absolutely. I am the adult in the party. No, you're not. That's me. I am the adult. I'm like a teacher's assistant, in large part because I'm not paid. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a hurtful joke. That's so true. <laughs> but I mean, true. So okay. true. Yeah, Adris and the, the ladies of the Temple of Bass come down to see you off. Adris squeezing Sudi as hard as she can around the center, which oh, does really rocky, nothing to so you. but he's rocky, so he doesn't really like, feel the bone-crushing force like he used to. You could always stop on your journey to being a rock man. Sure. Nope, nope. I've only got three more levels. I'm doing it. But <laughs> she looks up towards you. You will be safe, right? <laughs> Definitely. I have to look out for all of these guys. And they're going to look out for me. Good. If Sakira comes back, I'll tell her to help buy Ascending. She probably has money. If she didn't when she left, she probably does now. And then tell her to stay, stay still so that when I come back, we can actually see her. Right, and we'll have a big celebratory party. Exactly. Don't go losing any more of yourself while you're out there. Hey, I did pretty well for myself. I only lost <laughs> this in Wati. I've actually been doing very well. <laughs> That's true, that. that was in Wati. <laughs> yeah. yeah, weirdly, after we left, I was actually better off. <laughs> she just gives you a smile, shakes her head. A soft lick on the nose. Oh, it's so cute. What? It's cute. I like it. Of you doing that, Jordan, just so I can post on the Discord so everybody can see her. Somebody love dance. dance. <laughs> Please dance. But she looks over towards Citra. You make sure he doesn't do anything too stupid, right? I mean, I try. I'm not always successful, but I do try. She smiles. Helps Sudi you know, load up his stuff on the boat, since I imagine you guys have packed up for enough food and everything else to last you for the... Uh, the journey. Yeah, we've got to have provisions and everything. Yeah, Missy already hopping down there, getting ready. Falto giving her like a few last pointers, like, "Oh, okay, you know, watch out for this. Don't do this. Watch out for crocodiles." He's got nothing for what happens if we accidentally run over a uh, a camel or something. No, you know? <laughs> swerve, swerve, swerve this anything. giant boat. I'm sure it's not that we've used the smaller version because I mean the big version can hold like twenty something people, but there's also the smaller version. Because you can do either. Can yeah. I imagine bit. you guys are in the smaller version because yeah. it comfortably sits. You, there's only four of you. Mm-hmm. But Falto smiles, takes the back of, uh, or takes Citra's hand, leans down, kisses the back of it. Well, I'll see you in, uh, I guess we're both victorious. Do you remember what we talked about? Please be careful. I am the embodiment of careful. Masika snorts. <laughs> wow, you, you've known him like one day and you're already like, I got the measure I of this man. I traveled all around yeah, the desert with, with this man. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a fair point. She knows Falto. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot. It's Sagira that she doesn't know. That's yeah. right. That's right. Just, I don't want you getting your hopes up. I know. And if we send you a message, 25 words. 25 words. <laughs> 25 words. Total. Actually, after the last time, he kind of digs around. Kelly bought me this this little book that I can like write down the words in. There you go. That that will help. That's what I have to do too. So, <laughs> nice. I will. I will be careful. You do the same. And we'll meet back here when it's over. That's right. This very dog. Well, I was thinking more the tooth than hookah. Oh, that would also work. Better to join up and celebrate with a drink. It's true. 
not uh he looks over to like where this guy's basically passed out drunk and the guy next to him's dumping fish guts into the river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe someplace a little bit more um scenic than than the docks of Wati. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Be safe. You too. He smiles. There's a big dramatic kiss. He kicks up one foot. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. He would. <laughs> I suppose all of you hop onto the boat. Yep. Yep. Masika taking the rudder and beginning to make its way. She's like uh, the Maui of the situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys are going against the current, but fortunately, it's not a very strong current here. So as you make your way further to the south, setting off. Luckily, we just need to follow the river to get to this. Yeah, this trenches. is actually fairly yeah. easy. True. <laughs> And if we run into something that we can't traverse the river while well, this boat goes on sand. I maybe. love the idea we run into like, river pirates and we're like, nope, into the sand. <laughs> the doorkeepers making their way south, finally setting off after all of this time towards the slave trenches of Hakatep to hopefully have their confrontation eventually with the pharaoh himself. Back on the dock, Falto stands for a long time, watching the ship as it sails away. Unbeknownst to the doorkeepers, or even Citra, watching until it disappears. Aww. For a little longer, he stands with his thumbs hooked through his sword belt, until two figures step up along behind him. He turns back. I suppose it's time for us to go then. Well, I didn't want to say it while Citra was around, but I've got a good feeling about this. (laughs) (laughs) The two Pathfinders... Exchange looks between them. And we'll pick it up here next time. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Oh, no, he just had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.